5AA Nights with Matthew Pantelis. Today I've uh, found out about a, a young lady who lives down at Aldinga Beach who uh, was born in South Africa, raised there, grew up uh, in uh, some wildlife settings, I suppose, moving between different places, different countries, Zambia, Zimbabwe, New Zealand and Australia. I've had a look at uh, some of her works online. Just amazing. Carla Grace can paint and she has uh, ended up in as a finalist and award winner in many art awards right across the board. Her work is extraordinary. Just check out her, her website, carlagraceart.com. And uh, Carla joins us now. Hello, Carla. How are you? Hey. hey, Matthew. I'm good. How are you? All right. Thank you. So it is amazing work. And uh, oh. what's the inspiration? Was it growing up in South Africa? Yeah, you know, I think being around wildlife uh, as a very young person has had a massive influence in just the way I feel connected to them and I guess the way I want to portray them. So, yeah, it's been a huge impact, I think, and I hope that that uh, portrays through the way that I paint them. Yeah, it certainly does. Yeah. I'm taken by the rhino on your um, your gallery there, Chewing the Leaf. It's it's an amazing <laughs> painting. And and what I, I, I like about them is you look at them, they could be photos. Yeah, oh, thank you. <laughs> It's, it's incredible, it really is. So when did you realise you could paint? Because, I mean, I haven't progressed past stick figures and uh, you know, you're, you're doing pretty remarkable stuff. Well, I've sort of always been that kid who's been drawing, you know, mm. portraits of everybody and just really digging in and finding myself in drawing. But I never really took it seriously until we lived in some, uh, Zambia when I was finishing high school. And we moved on to a property that didn't have any electricity and and was sort of off the grid a bit. And I didn't have sort of anything else to do. And I just started really focusing on drawing realistically because that was the most time-consuming and what I was drawn to. And birds out of a bird book, whatever animals I felt like I could possibly draw. And I just kept pushing myself. And then when I got to about 16, 17 years old and I started drawing portraits of people, Friends started like paying me for wow. doing their kids' work and then, um, sorry, their kids' portraits. And then their friends wanted me to do their kids' portraits. So all the way through high school, uh, I was doing uh, paid commissions. Um, and so I guess I've, I just sort of, from there, thought, oh, you know, art is not the best career choice. Yeah. Um, so I sort of I tried university uh, at in university uh, sorry in New Zealand and I just I, I hated it. Mm. I dropped out of uni after three years. I even tried doing a fine art degree and I dropped out of that because I felt like there was quite a, a large disconnect between the academic art world and what I was experiencing on a business and like an actual viable. Um, interpersonal yeah. relationship kind of a, a point of view, like rather than doing the gallery experience, I, I recognized early on that there was quite a big gap and some some way, I didn't know then at the time what it was, but there was some way that I could fill that gap over the span of a career. And so I decided I would move to Australia, <laughs> drop out of uni and pursue it as, as a, a career choice. Wow. So was that difficult? That, not really. Uh, it was the fifth time I was immigrating, so yeah. it was just another pack my life down into thirty kilos and <laughs> hop over, 
hop over the ditch, as it were. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have family in Perth, some aunts and uncles and cousins, and they all, you see, the thing is I've always had support uh, to push, to pursue that area of career choice. Mm. So for me, it just made sense. I just had to obviously do the work, and I had no idea what I was doing. And so progressively over the last 10, 12 years, I've been hopefully making some progress. Yeah, well, it certainly seems that way with the uh, the list of awards you've had, both as uh, a winner and, and finalist as well. I mean, it's all very impressive. And oh, what, <laughs> what, do you, what do you find easier, people or animals? You know what? I actually find people easier. Uh, for some reason, I don't I don't get as much of a kick out of the challenge of painting people. I also, for me as an artist from from the art history point of view, I don't feel like there's anything I can really add mm. to the art world because people and still life and landscapes they've just been done so well for yeah. so long, and I just I want to sit and enjoy that. But I feel like wildlife there's there's quite a big gap. Somewhere along the line throughout art history, wildlife art doesn't really pick up much momentum. So I've come in and I've said, this is an area that I can actually, hopefully, over my career, really draw some attention to in the way that I paint and create the concepts around the pieces that I do. And so that's why I've decided to sit down and really work this one out because there's there's so much potential with wildlife art and yeah. even just encouraging other artists in this genre because I feel like it, it gets lost in the home decor sort of niche of art yeah. and I want to bring it more into a luxury collectible because it is. I mean, animals are phenomenal and I don't want those to get lost yeah. in, in the timeline of art. So that's my main mission and I can't do it on, on my own. So another part of my entire career plan <laughs> is to teach other artists how to do it themselves as well. So, you know, not just one candle in the wind kind yeah, of a thing. Yeah, yeah. Let's sort of let's start something. So yeah. that that's where I'm going. So I'm okay. teaching and I'm creating as well. And hopefully over a few years there will be other artists that rise up that can do it as well. Fantastic. So we'll That's really mm. good. So, okay, so growing up where you did, and obviously, I mean, you can't take your your, your, your easel and your paints into the jungle and sit and draw <laughs> a lion, <laughs> clearly. No. <laughs> uh, um, so out of out of a book, but, uh, I mean, have you sat at, for instance, the zoo here in Adelaide or other places like that, wildlife parks where you could be safe somewhere and, uh, and, yeah. and paint away? Yeah. I... I actually really hate sketching mm. and I'm terrible at it. So doing plein air painting and like in life sort of situations, I find it really exhausting and I get frustrated and I throw it down and I'm done sort of a thing. <laughs> so having having the, I guess, the sit down really that I can dive into it and not be distracted by the heat, the sun, the animals moved, like yeah. how the animals moved again, Yeah, you know. Um, I think <laughs> that <laughs> it's pathetic, I know. But, it's yeah, it's a real thing. I, I get asked a lot, like, oh, you must sketch all the time. No, I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair enough. Well, whatever works, and it clearly does work. I know. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but the thing, the thing that I find uh, has worked really well for me is I work from many different photos. So I actually, so the rhino that you just mentioned, mm. 
That that's a rhino, a photograph I took at the Monato Zoo. Okay. But obviously it didn't have anything in its mouth or over its head or anything like that. So yeah. I found a way to create the reference photos that I need to fit the concept in my head. Yeah. So I've also recently done a chimpanzee painting where it looks like he's reaching out of the canvas, yeah, like inviting you in. That's pretty cool. He, that chimpanzee doesn't actually exist. That's created from about three to five different chimpanzees okay. that I have stitched together to try and create that specific look that I was going yeah, for. Right. So a lot of the um, the criticism that realistic wildlife art gets is, why don't you just take a photo? Yeah. Like, what's the difference? Yeah, yeah. And that's also, that's something that I've carried with me. And I'm like, well, how can I separate my artwork from, you know, people just can take a photo at a zoo and, you know, edit it nicely and voila, you've got the same looking thing on an aesthetic level. Technical level, it's slightly different. But I've, I've gone and taken really crap photos. So I'm looking for photos that, uh, overall, a posture or a gesture, or there's some element in it that will suit a part of the painting that I mm. want to create. And I'm creating something that's completely new and better, I guess, than what I could find in the photograph. Yeah. So I'm also challenging other wildlife artists saying, leave awesome photos as photographs and create something new and beautiful out of existing fairly average photographs because mm. then you're actually standing apart from the photography of wildlife. So, and a lot of artists are like, oh, I didn't know that this was possible. <laughs> so it's, it's sort of bringing a whole new perspective, I'm hoping, yeah. through the way that I work and how wildlife is collected and perceived and judged, I guess, on an aesthetic level mm. um, yeah, Do, going forward. Does it run in the family, this, this talent? It does, actually. Uh, Not quite the detail and level that I go. My grandma on my mum's side is a painter. She used to paint wildlife, uh, not wildlife, sorry, landscape paintings in Zimbabwe. And my mum is very creative, but not not in this this sort of art. So we have crafty, arty people uh, along my mum's side. Mm. Okay. and, yeah. and somewhere along the way, you've you've had to, I suppose, learn not just the art side of it, which you've obviously mastered, but how to make it work for you as a living, as, as an occupation. As a business, yeah. yeah. So I would say it's maybe 60% art and or even less, like 50% art and the rest is all business because wow. now all of a sudden I've got a product mm. that I need to market and sell, hopefully, yeah. in a way that is sustainable. So... That entire side to being an artist is thankfully something I love and I'm really good at. And I've been able to be quite clever about it. And there's long-term plans and short-term plans and goals and, you know, that whole yeah. Well, whole thing. Well, so. The obvious connection that I would make, and I'm sure you you've, must have thought of this, is because you're doing animals to, to such uh, a degree of detail uh, brilliantly, it, it lends itself to a link with some sort of um, uh, conservation fund, the, the WWF or whatever it yeah. might be. Yeah, yeah. So there's always, I think, wildlife art and conservation go hand in hand, mm. whether or not it's a message that the artist is screaming out through their artwork. So the way that I'm approaching conservation is I'm portraying animals in a way that the viewer can really connect with them. And I believe that as long as someone has a connection to something and it is valuable to them, 
they will always invest themselves emotionally into it, whether it's through the way that they treat the animals that live at their home or around their home, strays, whatever. I think conservation can happen in very small degrees and have a bigger impact mm. uh, in just little ways like ripple effects. So I'm I'm in the David Shepherd Wildlife Art Award again this year and I work with um, Impact 100 and there's a few other little like side projects that I'm doing but overall as a as a general message that I want to portray is that animals are beautiful and they are worth caring about mm. and that the connection is still there like they are still there that's why I'm, I'm painting animals that are still alive I'm not I'm not focusing on extinct or yeah. you know I'm, I'm I'm creating animals that actually do still matter and, yes. and are you know, reachable. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. And along the way, you've started a family. Are they finger painting yet or handprints on the walls or anything like that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have my mini artists already. <laughs> yeah, Emily and Will. So Will is one year old and Emily is two and a half. Wow. So Emily has been obviously part of the journey a lot longer. Yeah. And she is she says to me, Mummy, I'm everyone's manager. So she has her own paint oh, wow. and her own easel, yeah. and she knows exactly what she's doing. And okay. I get so much joy filming her. She just is so wild with her colors, and she just is creativity like times a thousand. So I post these videos of her and her process, and there's just such a response to the joy and the experience expressiveness and the way that she works. It's just this whole other side now to being an artist, working from home, is seeing it now evolve through my children, which yes. is giving me so much, yes, yeah, so much joy. That's fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. Carla, really nice meeting you this evening. Uh, all the best with whatever lies ahead. It sounds like a big future. And, uh, and yes, good luck with it. Uh, for anyone that wants to check out the, uh, the artwork, you can go to the website, carlagraceart.com, and uh, it's all there to see. It is amazing, Carla. And, yes, yeah, so all the very best with the future. Thanks, Matthew, and thanks for, for calling tonight. It was a great chat. Pleasure. My guest, Carla Grace, wildlife uh, artist, certainly that, and uh, just have a look at some of the work there. It is incredible, the level of detail and artistry, and uh, a finalist in many awards, uh, taking some home as well, which is brilliant. So uh, local local now, we'll claim her as our own. She's living here, and that's what we like. 5AA Nights with Matthew Pantelis.